Hello, everyone. This is Meena Puri, your host of Igniting Change, Finding Your Fire, a weekly podcast that's inspired by my clients and by my own experiences and what kind of shows up. Um, a topic that, um, that comes to mind that I should talk about. So today's topic, today's episode is going to be about unconditioning. Actually, no, scratch that word. It's about redefining love. The word unconditioning uh, comes to mind because that's what the podcast has been for the last few episodes, unconditioning, deprogramming, etc. So it's really about redefining love. And I'm going to start with romantic love. Because that's one kind of love that, you know, quickly um, our mind goes to when we think about love. So in our 20s, the definition or even 30s, the definition of this romantic love was quite different. It was about, you know, being in love and what the other person can do for me or what I might be able to do for the other person. It, and then it became into you know, the flowers, the remembrance of important dates and expressing your love through gifts until that kind of goes sour. Or I think, uh, if not all, most of the relationships, because it becomes difficult to live by, to be bound by a definition of love by another person. That you don't love me if you don't buy me flowers. You don't love me if you don't tell me you love me every night. Or this is how I want, this is how I feel loved. And you don't love me because you're not expressing your love in the ways that feels like love to me. So, you know, here's all the relationship stuff. But the point of that is that part of that there's lack of consciousness. So what I mean by lack of consciousness is a lack of depth or a deeper understanding or an awareness of what it is that we are creating uh, in our love romantic relationships by what we are bringing into it. When there is an expectation that must be met by the spouse, and it must be met in a way that we see it is not love. That's a, that's a tall order to live by for, I think, any spouse on a long-term basis. I think that kind of stuff gets old. And then we, um, you know, in those times, it's, it seems more like uh, marriages, seems more like, uh, like a business deal rather than love. Maybe it needed to be that way for the formation of family. I don't know. Um, that's, you know, it's like you come from this background. I come from that background. You can make this kind of money. I can make this kind of money. And together we can have a good life. And there's nothing wrong with it. Um, there's nothing wrong with it unless it's not something that you want. It doesn't work for you. So it's really all individual. Um, but as we grow older, our definition of love definitely expands, and it's just there's a different feel to it. 
So I hopefully as we get older, if we're becoming more conscious, then our definition of love is much different. So when there's consciousness in love, there's independence. And that's another such a kind of a sore point. If the two people, one or the other spouse is too independent, it challenges the security of the other person. Isn't that odd? Isn't that odd that, um, isn't that odd that we would be bound by um, this kind of love? But we do it all the time. Um, so it's always fascinating to me um, in any dating relationship or any relationship uh, that all oh, this she or he is too independent, doesn't ask me, doesn't need me, and uh, doesn't share with me. And, um, you know, it's um, so to me, there's a, the, the control when there's when consciousness is missing in love, you know, what takes place, what takes its place is control. Because um, control comes from fear, fear that I may not be enough for my partner, fear that my partner may not be enough for me, fear that my partner may leave me, fear that I might leave my partner, or fear that my partner is so good, if I don't treat him or her well, someone else is going to steal it. That's kind of what happens. I remember. Um, I remember, you know, dating somebody who, who literally told me that, oh, my God, I've hit the jackpot. And, you know, the, 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 <laughs> the, the momentary appreciation for me was, wow. And, and then, you know, the control started to happen. So the control is, wow, I've hit the jackpot. I want to hide it. I don't want anybody to see it because someone might steal it. And secondly, the jackpot might realize she or he is a jackpot and realize what the heck am I doing with you? So it doesn't matter how glorified it looks, but when there's consciousness, a depth and a lack of awareness and uh, is missing, control will find its way into that kind of love. So I'm not sure if it remains love any longer when it becomes about control, about dependency, and then the relationships become dysfunctional. Again, you know, two adults can choose to live any way they desire. If it works for them, it's perfect for them, right? So we don't uh, live by the definitions of someone else's. We live by what works for us. So everyone may not have the consciousness in relationship. There may be dependency in our relationship. The relationship be dysfunctional. To me, I think there's a dysfunction to some extent in every relationship, but the dysfunction is no longer a problem if you are aware that there is a dysfunction and you're okay with it. It's only a problem when you're not realizing it. You're thinking it to be something other than what it actually is. That's confusing. That kind of becomes very distorted and it can zap your energy. 
So however we choose to be in a relationship, the biggest point I'm trying to make is become aware of what it is, what kind of a relationship it is, whether you feel, whether you expect, and are you okay or not okay with it? Either way, it's good. There's no judgment on you shouldn't be okay, you should be okay. No, it's all up to you. We are all adults and we all can choose who we spend time with, who we bring into our life, and how do we spend our life and how do we relate. It's really, it's 100% a personal uh, thing and it's all okay. So the point is that when there is consciousness missing in relationships, control takes over and control can take many forms on the extreme sides of it. Control is so prevalent and so common in almost not even romantic relationship in so many relationships where which can lead to abuse, misuse of the relationship. And even, you know, worst kind of abuse where the partners don't have a choice but to leave one another to be safe. So, and, you know, there's a, there's a strange thing about something like control. When we have a little bit of control, the fear remains. Because the fear remains, it feels like we should control more, right? So the control becomes higher. And then no amount of control can ever suffice because um, it's coming from fear. And fear is coming from something deeper than that. It cannot be rectified. Or fear cannot be overcome by controlling something. Fear actually is overcome once we raise the level of our awareness and we accept it and we, uh, we heal the fear with the love. We bring the fear into love. So when we heal, when we are lovingly looking at fear, that has a very different effect on our psyche, on our relationships, rather than when we are operating out of fear and not realizing it, but our desire to control becomes stronger and stronger and stronger because underneath it, there's fear. And again, everything is, you know, it's a, it's a self-perpetuating cycle. It's subconscious. And when we're not aware of it, we can get, we can spiral down very quickly. So again, I bring back the same thing consciousness, the level of our consciousness. Awareness is medicine, you guys. So when I talk about consciousness is a field of existence, awareness arises out of that field of existence. So, and, um, and you know, many times it's, a, it's kind of like almost silly that I even have to say this. Many times they're like, um, you know, especially in the in the in different cultures, uh, especially in the Indian culture, you know, it's like who can cook, who can clean, who if it's mostly the girl can do this, can do that, can do that. It uh, again, it's your choice, however you want it to be. But that's exactly what happens when the consciousness is missing, and we label these kind of relationship love. We think there should be love because there is marriage. That's the furthest thing from the truth because many marriages happen as a business transaction, as you know, we can make it work. And that's all wonderful, but let's not name it something that it isn't. 
because it confuses because we we get into a relationship assuming it's a love relationship and anticipating love but we don't get we get uh, control fear on judgments and the psyche is forever confused we keep on kind of banging against the wrong door we're not going to find love where there's control we're not going to find love where there's no awareness so and the second um, place that you know love comes up is when we are parents to our children and many times we talk about um, unconditionally loving our children and unconditioned to me spells out that there is condition so love is love we don't need to qualify it by calling it unconditional love is just love love is a state of being it's not dependent upon um, having certain conditions met so unconditional love will suggest that no matter if these conditions are no met not met i still love you it's nice, but still that, you know, there's that room available. I can do anything I want to do um, because I'm just going to be loved. That may be true in the, you know, when it comes to our children and parents, parents loving their children. Um, but again, there's lack of consciousness. Lack of consciousness also here in the parental children type relationships is lack of personal responsibility. And so, you know, parenting is already such a difficult thing. I'm a mom of a 25-year-old, and it still is a difficult thing. So it's such a, you know, the level of awareness, it's such a necessity to be able to parent kids these days. And when we keep harping on this unconditional love, unconditional love, we want to be, um, we want to make sure that it's not bordering on martyrdom right? Kids keep on giving you more and more conditions to love and you like a martyr or a doormat continue to um, offer, continue to offer, continue to offer, which actually perpetuates this behavior. So that's a whole new topic. Anyways, I don't want to get sidetracked, but uh, the point is, so even when it comes to, you know, when it comes to loving our children, there comes the expectations. And it's very, very painful for parents um, to, uh, for parents of children who are not launching so successfully in the world uh, at the age which the society had put an idea into our mind that all kids should follow this path. Therefore, they have to do this at a certain time. And when they are successful, I, you know, I can pat myself on the back. So there's that. Um, it's a strong identification that my sense of self comes from how well my child does or does not do. And, you know, there's a responsibility to parent our children. You know, we parent our children differently at different age. Okay. As they get older, it's not hands-on parenting. But if we continue with the hands-on parenting and um, interfering and still parenting like they're five or ten year old, there's a you know there's a problem. The child never really quite grows up. 
And it's not, and it's a, it's, it's a very difficult task. The whole process of parenting is really, it's really, you know, I feel the whole, you know, point of having children is really learning, learning to let go, learning to let go. And that's the ultimate love. So, and what happens when that, um, what happens when consciousness is missing in love? We want to seek it from someone else naturally. There's a gap in the psyche. It doesn't care where it gets that fulfillment from. It'll latch on to someone who we perceive is going to fill that gap. So it devoids us of self-love. When we are devoid of self-love, we attach on too many times our children expecting to be loved because after all, we love them unconditionally. They've got to love us back. And that, that kind of forms another kind of unhealthy attachment, which kind of impacts the children in a negative way. And it zaps the mother's or the father's energy. So it's really tuning into, is my sense of self coming from? In the case of romantic relationship, is my sense of self coming from how my spouse is, what my spouse does? I think in most of the cases, our sense of self, because we raised our children, we think that they should at least follow our path somehow and make us proud. And um, it doesn't happen all the time in the way that we expect or in the time frame that we expect. So it's really being uh, mindful about is my sense of self coming from the success or lack of success of my children. And children and parents are, especially mothers, are highly tuned because of the, the shared blood, the shared DNA. Mothers are very close to their children. I can sense when something is up with my kid, and I don't every time uh, enjoy that knowing because it's like, oh, my God, I, I don't want to know. But um, the point is, that at some point there's got to be a like a detachment, a healthy detachment where you raise your children, you teach them everything you know, then you have to give them the room and the space to explore those teachings, to test those teachings in their own time, in their own space, so they can grow to rely on their own sense of knowing, they can grow to rely on their own sense of wisdom, they can become fully whole individual beings who are not dependent upon the mother's approval or somebody else's approval. You know, it's something to look for guidance. It's something to feel always empty and needy and, you know, needy of your parents' approval. So that's, that's something to pay attention for. Again, there's the lack of consciousness. So it is so important, especially, you know, when we are parents for us to heal our wounds, because we begin to then uh, latch on to our kids in all kinds of unhealthy ways to, to kind of fill the gap in our psyche that the wounds have created. So it's really important to uh, heal our self-worth. And it's really important to have your own sense of self and trust that your kids are actually picking up more on how you are living your life rather than the continuous advice, which they absolutely detest. And 
Um, so, you know, parenting is tough. Being a mom is not for the weak of heart. I know that. And uh, it's a trying thing many times. But again, bringing the level of consciousness into it, finding your own center, finding your own sense of self, and really detaching in a way where you are present for them, but their success or their lack of success, whatever the definition of success that you think it is or they believe the definition of success to be, um, that you're not tied, your, your sense of worth or sense of you know, self or the sense of success is not coming from how well or how poorly your kids may be doing. Remember, everybody has their own unique path. Kids are not ours, right? So they come through us. They don't belong to us. We don't own them. They're not a piece of property. So we're lucky that their soul chose for us to be their parents. And so we guide them and guide them and continuously be there for them. So when I talk about being there for, for them, it's really bringing the level of consciousness into being, into offering your unconditional presence so they can become who they desire to be, not so they can become who we want them to be so we can feel good about our parenting and, and about ourselves. So we can say, oh, my kid, look at, I must have done a good job. You've done a good job either way, okay? You've done a good job either way. To raise children is, um, is a, you know, it's a very commendable, um, underappreciated job that you have. Uh, especially mothers, and and that's you know as the kids grow older, you become more of a teacher rather than a parent who continuously wants to know, who continuously wants to modify the behavior, who continuously wants to preach. Kids don't like that kind of stuff; they don't listen to it anyways. Um, you know, up to a point, but there comes a point where you have to step back in your own center and wholeness and feel complete in your own self so your child your children can have you as a model as to how being an adult looks like when we have all kinds of cords attached to our children it zaps their energy they're continuously are bombarded with that energy with that voice in the head you're doing this wrong. It's like the critical parent who's always riding on their shoulder. You know, some of us as adults have experienced that critical parent. We don't want to give the same to our children because we didn't enjoy it so much, right? So again, the consciousness parenting, consciousness relationship required that we become really present, that we heal ourselves and that we begin to trust. And we don't want to be as much as we do as a mother, I know there's not a thing I wouldn't do for my kid, but you really want your children to have other resources. You don't want to be the only resource for your child because they may not come to you for everything because of that relationship. They want to prove something to you. They want to come to you when they're all successful. It's like, look, mom, dad, I did it. 
Um, so, you know, everybody wants, everybody is a lion in their den. Everyone, somebody wants to do, explore things in their own way, and this is their path. So, again, bringing consciousness into your relationships with your children, bringing consciousness into the relationships, romantic relationships, is really um, a way to expand our definition of love and enjoy the relationships so much more because of that. Uh, relationships, you know. It cannot be a bondage, right? Who would knowingly want to put themselves in a prison, right? I wouldn't. Why would knowingly you want to be, you know, be put in a prison of a relationship where, um, you know, you are controlled this way, controlled that way, where this is not good enough? Like, it's not needed. It's not needed. We don't need to live that way anymore. So when we bring more consciousness into the relationship and we become more conscious when we become more conscious, we're hold on to our voice. We are authentic in who we are and we're not afraid to speak out about our needs or expectations or what we would, what we would do, what we would not do, what we would put up with, what is an absolute no-no, what's there's zero tolerance. When you bring that kind of a confidence into a relationship, you really are training the partner to um, teach them how to treat you, number one. Secondly, you are giving them a model, an example of what a conscious person or a conscious partner looks like. So relationships, any relationships without consciousness, they just they're just perpetuating our fears. They're perpetuating our fears. They are passing our wounds on to the next generation. They keep on, you know, circulating the same old negative energy. And we can stop anytime we bring the level of consciousness. It's consciousness that gives us. It's really consciousness that allow us to redefine so many things. So what is consciousness? When the field of awareness in the field of consciousness, the awareness expands so much, right? You begin to question the narrow definitions. You begin to question the same old narrative, right? You begin to question the same old stories. You begin to question your beliefs. You begin to question the programming and the conditioning you've been using to live your life. You begin to question you know, the mental structures, the paradigms, again, we can change all of that. That happens only when we become more aware. To shift that, once we are aware that, what, what is this? This doesn't make any sense to me. This doesn't resonate with me. We change very quickly. Just by a little bit of practice, we kind of become a different version, a more conscious version of ourselves. And when we bring more consciousness into ourselves, we bring consciousness into our relationships. Our relationships heal. They become better. Now there are two people, three people, four people, anybody who is in your surroundings become or at least have the opportunity to become more conscious. So it is such a key. It is such a key um, in healthy relationships, there's such a key in healing our relationships is really to expand our mind, expand the level of our awareness and think deeper 
understand better and begin, you know, begin more affluent with tuning into what it is that we are feeling and how do we use the feelings as a compass to find the words, to navigate our voice. And these, you know, these little things, they're just going to give us the strength, the knowing where when you go, you know, when you are in the middle of a murky relationship, in the middle of a challenging relationship or a challenging conversation, you bring that level of consciousness, that strength, that inner knowing with you, and it can change the game altogether. It can totally change the conversation. It can totally take the conversation into a whole new healthy direction that you and your partner might really enjoy it. You and your children might really enjoy it. So begin to bring consciousness into your relationships. Any relationships that are devoid of consciousness, it's a breeding ground for control. And as you know, control, fear is the darkest energies that have been plaguing plaguing our world and it's coming more and more to surface and it seeps it it finds those dark spaces and and the, you know things become more fearful more controlling and it just again we keep perpetuating the dramas and the traumas and there's another way there's another way to be and we've known that and now it's the time to really know it and practice it the ancients knew it um the ancients knew the secret to a healthy, joyful, living relationships, our relationships with romantic relationships with our children. And then this changes. It transforms all of our relationships. How are we in relationship with nature? How are we in relationship with the supreme intelligence, God? How are we in relationship with ourselves? How are we in relationship with food? Ultimately, everything is our relationship. Right, so we bring consciousness into anything and everything that we are interacting with, and then what we are interacting with and how we are interacting with it, it transforms. Fear turns into love, doubt, worry turns into trust, judgment turns into respect, taking ownership of what we feel, standing our ground with love and confidence so the other person has an opportunity to do the same so thank you so much and you can um, meditation is a great way to up the level of your consciousness you can download a free heart-based meditation from my website there's also 21 guided meditations that i have at a very nominal fee that you can download and get um, a guided meditation once a day for 21 days. And it really kind of helps you clean out all the mental debris that we carry with us. And then we carry that with us into every relationship. So thank you so much for watching. I'm Meena Puri, Are you really healing center.com. See you at the next podcast. <laughs>